0: Welcome back to Romance Ever After, the podcast where we talk to Romance Landia about romantic comedies. I'm Allie Parker, your host, and today my guest is Linda Watson. Linda is an avid romance reader and rom com lover for over 35 years. She has worked for 30 years in higher education communications before retiring this year. Linda keeps Romance Landia's virtual events calendar and collects selfies with all of her favorite authors. Everybody, let's say hey to Linda. Hi. Hi everybody. <laughs> How are you doing today Linda? I'm
1: doing great. How are you Allie?
0: I am okay. I just like I just closed down my work computer and like now it's fun time. So yeah. I I have fun times all the time now since I've retired, so. (laughs) Oh, yeah. I'm, like, super jealous. Like, all summer, you've been in the pool posting pictures, (laughs) and I don't have access to a pool, so I'm just like, ah, I wish I could be there.
1: Like, between painting and the pool, that's how I spent my entire summer, getting my craft room ready, and now I'm still waiting on shelves for my books, which my husband promises are coming, so. (laughs)
0: husbands and provinces uh, I, yeah they're eternal <laughs> <laughs> been around this guy for a little while so
1: i don't really have high expect maybe for my christmas present that will be happening okay
0: so All hopefully right. that's not bad yeah that's not bad <laughs> All right, so let's talk about you a little bit. So you say you've been a lover of rom-coms for over 35 years. Talk to me about that love story a little bit.
1: So I grew up in the height of the 80s, right? So John Hughes and Pretty in Pink and 16 Candles, which I used to like, and then now I can't stand a lot of (laughs) John Hughes movies. Breakfast Club, I don't know. That's still one of those, like, problematic faves where if it's on, I'll watch it, but... Mm -hmm. And that's not really a rom-com, but, you know, I mean, my jam, that was when I was the height of high school and all you're, of that was coming, coming out. So
0: you're a Jake Ryan girl,
1: you know, oh, he's so cute. <laughs> and even before then there was a movie I went and saw in sixth grade with Tatum O'Neill and Christy McNichol. Oh, I was going to write this down too. And Matt, um, dylan and it was like a contest to lose their virginity during their summer away at camp
0: oh that sounds so familiar now it's gonna drive me crazy I I think I've seen that I because I I can picture them now I can picture Chrissy McNichol and Tatum O'Neill I've seen that oh my god now I'm gonna have to look it up because it's gonna drive me crazy little darlings
1: that's it that's it ah my 50 year old brain kicked right in there (laughs) (laughs) but yes um and that you know and Chrissy McNichol like Tatum O'Neill's was a total failure because she was trying to lure a camp counselor into the whole thing. And he was like, Armando Sante. Oh, he was <laughs> dreamy, but he was so old. I remember, I mean, I was little when I was like in sixth grade when that movie came out. So, but yeah. Matt Dylan did and Christy and Matt like fell hard for each other in the whole process. So yeah. yeah. But you know, long. you've got mail and all, I don't, Yeah, there's, there's few I don't like, but there's a couple popular ones that I really don't like.
0: Yeah. Well, it's funny you mentioned you got mail, um, by the time this one comes out, uh, probably will have heard me already rant about uh, You've Got Mail and uh, Notting Hill, which I recorded last weekend. And those are two of my least favorite movies.
1: I got to go see The Blue Door like in person
0: two years ago. I stood outside
1: like a dork and you know, yeah, they-
0: you know, it's funny. They, um, try and in, in my research for that movie, they tried to get rid of the blue door. Like the people who owned that house, they sold the actual one at auction and P pe- and they painted their door black and people got so mad. Like they graffitied it saying it was the blue door. So they had to repaint oh, it. <laughs> well, yeah.
1: God bless the internet and stupid, crazy people. Like me obviously since I stopped I mean we just went and stood in front of the door and took a picture and there was other girls that like went up into the mail slot and were looking inside I was like what the hell are you doing no yeah (laughs) that's intense
0: okay um so you love romance novels you love romantic comedies the main thing I see that they both have in common is like their love of tropes and how tropes definitely drive you know the plot and how their stories go What kind of tropes do you like in your movies? My favorite. And or books.
1: And or books. I know movies, it's kind of hard. Well, movies and books, usually like enemies to lovers. I'm not a huge um, friends to lovers, although we'll talk about that in a little bit. So, um, (laughs) uh, but enemies to lovers, second chance, like any sort of persuasion retelling is kind of Mm -hmm. my jam. I think probably now, so as I get older, and you look back on your life experiences.
0: You appreciate
1: a second chance a little bit better. Yeah, I guess I appreciate that. A little bit of marriage and trouble because, you know, I've been married for a few years now. So <laughs> not always smooth sailing in that arena. But um, forced proximity, like, like there's only one bed. There's a snowstorm.
0: Oh, yeah. yeah. yeah put, oh, yeah. Put it we're right in my eyeballs. First, yeah. We're getting to forced proximity snowstorm season. yeah like all those holiday romances where they get snowed in yep that's everybody's stuck in a cabin that's yep Yep. (laughs) awesome okay so yeah like you mentioned um friends to lovers uh is definitely a little bit of a theme that we're going to see in this one um today we are actually talking about 2006 the holiday Mm -hmm. uh written directed and produced by the nancy myers also known as the queen of kitchens (laughs) Yeah. Um, so um a funny a couple of funny little facts about this movie um background wise so Nancy actually came up with this movie as she was writing it she was literally looking and thinking of both Kate Winslet and Cameron Diaz as her leads like never shook from her vision and she got what she wanted Nancy gets what she wants yeah. um you you don't you don't you don't go up against I mean, the, the woman gets of- Diane Keaton and Meryl Streep and yeah, yeah. On, well, she, so, yeah. She knows what she's doing yeah. and she does it well. Um, You know, I, I sometimes like grapple. I'm not always crazy about like some of the people who are like bigger names known in the rom-com world. Um, I'm not always great fans of their movies, but something about Nancy's movies, like even though like I don't want to like it, I end up liking it. Like I avoided the holiday for a solid 14 years <laughs> until I was stuck in quarantine. <laughs> it was like, okay, maybe I should give it a go. And, uh, you know, I ended up liking it because it's, it's very charming and she knows what she's doing, right? Yes. So, <laughs> all right. So let's, let's get into the recap of this movie. Um, we're talking, uh, so the movie opens up and I think a really interesting way because it doesn't start by looking at either of our heroines. We... We start in on the scene of these two people kissing, and it's like at the swell of music, and as we pull out of that scene, we realize that we're watching somebody actually score a kiss scene uh, for a movie, and it's Jack Black, and he ends up being one of our heroes, but you know, we don't know that. We just see like this really random guy who's scoring a scene and then there's this girl who walks in and then we get our voiceover from Kate Winslet who is, her her character's name is Iris, yes. Iris Simpkins. And Iris is just like going, having this whole voiceover about, you know, the unassuming nature of love and unrequited love. And just you know, all the different s- kinds of love that there yeah. are. yes. All the different kinds of love there are, unrequited, romantic, and, you know, we sort of kind of get a vision of all of our characters as she's doing that voiceover. And we land on Iris as she's typing away subtly in her office, and when she, when we get to Iris there, it just sort of crescendos into this, like, anger, because <laughs> she's, well, anger and sadness, like, she's frustrated, because, you know, she's loved this guy, her for years now you know Uh they were together and they broke up and she's still in love with him she sees him every day and they're at this holiday party for her paper that she works at he works there too um we learn briefly when she's talking to one of her office friends that this guy They were together he cheated on her with some drip (laughs) and everybody knew about it right but you know she just stayed friends with him because that's what iris does and he sort of he still sort of made it seem like it was her fault that they cheated cheated on her and you know iris is just sort of a doormat about it but she's still in love with the guy and you know she's helping him edit his book (sighs) and it's just She buys him like a first edition of a book for
1: Christmas. And he's like, oh yeah, I have something for you somewhere
0: yeah like oh my god it's just it's so sad and then we get to this point where you know her boss is trying to give like the end of the holiday speech holiday party speech and and she's responsible
1: for writing all of the wedding and engagement
0: articles for the
1: paper so
0: and he's like I've got a I've got a scoop for you that no other paper's gonna have and it's because this, your ex and the girl he cheated on you with are getting married. That and it's
1: motherfucker. Like,
0: nobody fucking knows what happened. How the fuck do you think that this is appropriate? My God, he's the worst boss ever. The
1: worst. The worst. The worst.
0: So I don't blame Iris for getting on her commuter train and going home and promptly crying, <laughs> and you know at one point sniffing the, the, the burner, the gas burner. <laughs> Low point. Low point. <laughs> <laughs> don't blame her it it was a rough day for her um so on the flip side we have uh Cameron Diaz's character Amanda Woods Amanda is a movie trailer producer and director um and you know she's really good at her job
1: is that really a career okay I always mean to look like her (laughs) house is fucking amazing so Obviously, it it's a, a lucrative li- career because she a li- has a staff of two people and a lovely home.
0: Yes, a gorgeous home. It is a real-life job okay. um, you can do. Uh, it's typically, I don't think, necessarily as, like, stylish right. as they make her life seem. Yes. However, <laughs> it, it is a career. If you think about, like, how many times you see a different versions of a trailer
1: yes, during the marketing this true. of a
0: movie... Um, and, you know, there are people who are actual like whizzes at making shitty movies look amazing. Obviously, because um, we've all seen our fair <laughs> share of them. <laughs> yes. After like, wait, that,
1: I love when I go and see a movie too. And you're like, wait, that was, that, where's that scene in the trailer that I thought was so funny? And it's not even in the movie, yeah, it's uh-huh. not even
0: there, so yeah, so yep. so it is a real career in, that she has, and so she takes um so her life is in disrepair because she's got this boyfriend who they've basically been living together, but he has his own house because she clearly internally knew this was not gonna work out um she's pissed off at him because she knows he's cheated on her with his secretary, how cliche. But he refuses to admit it and he spent the night on the couch. And so he next morning he's like, Okay, we're gonna make up and she's throwing shit Shut at him. him. <laughs> Throws her shoe at him. <laughs> <laughs> there's her shoe, there's books, there's everything. Um and he's he's refusing to admit. He's refusing to admit. She throws his clothes out the house. He's outside in the front yard in his underwear next to the gardener. And, you know, he's just yelling at her up in the balcony. And she's like, you know, it's over. It's all right. You can just admit that it's happened. And the gardener like, is just like, really like don't do it,
1: buddy. Don't do it. And he just, he just can't handle it anymore. He just breaks right in and says it. And it's like, what are you doing?
0: yeah yeah uh and you know he like you know you have to he's like you have to admit that part of this is your fault yes. and and she's just like what the fuck what the fuck <laughs> and he complains about like her her putting her career first and all of oh, stuff. Yeah. Oh. All, all the all the usual arguments that you get to ambitious women when you know you're the one who fucked up right
1: um <laughs> sure buddy it's so, her fault okay oh
0: and then the cream of the crop is he she's he's upset that she can't cry like yeah you can't cry like that's a horrible thing um and you know she gets the esophageal spasms or whatever um but she does she doesn't cry just like as a rule of her life it's not because she doesn't want to it's just she just can't um, but he throws that in her face to make it seem like, you know, she's too hard she's to be like, like ice actually queen. Right. Yeah. yeah. Which she's not. Clearly she's throwing a shit off. <laughs> she's about pretty him.
1: passionate. Right.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. She's a passionate woman. Um, just not for him. So these both of these women are at low points of their lives. They're upset um, about what they're doing with their lives. Iris feels like a doormat Amanda feels like you know she's been accused of being a workaholic and she never takes a break so she decides she's going to shut down her um her office for the holiday which her assistants are like
1: whoa okay yeah let's do it you've never taken um, a break what do you mean We I mean this is our busiest time <laughs>
0: Which, I mean, I can, I can believe that. We're talking about, we're running up into the holiday movie season. We're running into award season. Right. We're trying to get all of your Christmas Day movie dollars and all of your uh, eyes on things that are getting ready to go into, like, heavy campaigning. For real, I get. They've been busy. Come on now. Get, get it together. Um, but, yeah, so they decided to take a break. And Amanda's like, well, what do I do? And she finds this site where it's an actual website that actually existed. I don't know if it exists now, but house swappers. Right. Um, And you basically swap each other. You can basically swap each other's essentially your whole lives. So, like, cars and homes and all that fun stuff to stay in. Um, Precursor to Airbnb, basically. (laughs) And... And Amanda luckily catches Iris just as she's just gotten over her her. She boarding, interrupts uh, her suicide attempt. Suicide attempt. Content warning. Um, yeah. Uh it's not really a full not on not attempt because really. Iris has already stopped, but like she's she's having a slow freak out. And it's like sort of like a life raft for her. And they both agree, you know, they're switching lives and Amanda's trying to get away from men and Iris is like, there's no men here. No- and, <laughs> and, and, uh, and a man and Iris is just trying to get away from like her regular routine, which is just going to work. So they're both happy. We get this very different montage of them both flying off to their respective countries. Um, Iris who is clearly the more romantic of the two, gets super excited because she sees a hot guy who looks like he's about to sit down next to her. But he's obviously with somebody else who escorts him off. And two little nice ladies sit down next to her, which is kind of like foreshadowing to what's about to happen to her life. Um, and then we get uh, Amanda, who is Sleeping with like all of her medicines, I guess. And seventy-five books, like <laughs> yeah. she's gonna bring nine hundred books. And I
1: think I counted four coats that she takes with her to England.
0: I can you blame her though, because she walks right into a snowstorm. Yes, um, it's she's there. So Amanda is uh, sorry. Iris's home is in Surrey, which is outside of about an hour outside of London on the train um very cottage very picturesque perfect setting for if you're going to be spending your christmas holiday point somewhere, yes. somewhere um and then you know amanda lives in la in like a really nice part of la yeah um, a big really nice part every- of LA. <laughs> yeah big mentions really big nice everywhere uh she's having like the full on head out the window experience like oh my god look at everything i don't know why people do that it's like <laughs> protect your head, stay inside the car, please. Um, <laughs> and I, I've thought it was kind of funny too that, um, I get that Iris is freaked out by like how big everything is, but we come to find out that Iris's family is like big in publishing. So they're not like, they're not poor people.
1: <laughs> right. Right, she flew coach, but yeah, she's not a pauper. I mean,
0: yeah, she didn't grow up poor. So have like, her own
1: home in Surrey. She can't be that poor.
0: Yeah, and it's not like a small home. It's like a nice size a nice cottage. Cottage. Yeah, so like her freaking out like over like almost the expense of it all is it's kind of funny to me. Um, so she gets so Amanda uh, Iris is in L.A. Amanda gets to up uh, gets to. Surrey, and she gets a car that's supposed to take her up to the house, but the car, for some reason, decides that he can't drive down the lane and turn around, so she has to walk, her walk her down
1: the the lane, which is like I don't know four miles. Apparently, it's like forever. Okay.
0: Like, unpaved. It's snowing. In her high but, heel shoes. <laughs> what What really annoys me, though, is that later on, he got motherfucker the motherfucker right the front fucking door of the cottage, twice. and he's willing to turn around at on the, the end. And same back.
1: guy. Like they should have cast a different driver, so at least it wouldn't have. Yes, that was a. But no, it's the same, thing that really pissed me off at the end too.
0: Same yeah. motherfucker. Uh-huh. Um. So yeah. So, (laughs) so she has to trudge over fields and lanes with her inner heels and her suitcases to get to the little cottage. And of course, you know, she gets there and she's like, well, this is charming. Um, But, you know, she's just had to trudge. So she's like really. Like, I need provisions now. Um, and like, you know, any good American who's never le- driven on the left side of the road, uh, she drives like a maniac through the countryside, <laughs> almost takes out a couple of couple people. couple of cars, yes. <laughs> and A truck on the way <laughs> and, a and a poor
1: guy on a bike. <laughs> in the middle of town
0: <laughs> yeah like maybe slow down you don't have to drive like you're on the freeway like go a little bit slower um you know she's going shopping in town gu- buying like, up all the wine, guzzling, guzzling wine. The- after oh. driving
1: into town it's like <laughs> you have a, a whole bottle of wine you're just gonna gulp down and then hop in the yeah. car and drive back <laughs>
0: While while she's shopping, like and like the shopkeeper's just like, oh, nice, lo- nice, lovely young lady who's just shopping for a party. You while know, <laughs> she's like downing a bottle of wine in your face, like, come on, picking up all the I chocolate
1: know, and cheese that, and carbs that the I, place
0: has. Like, I know it's, I know it's England. I know people have a different view of drinking. But that was a little bit weird. That Come on. That was a little weird. Yeah. But it did not fade there. And of course, so she goes back to the cottage and she just gets to enjoy like a nice evening in bed with like five blankets and like all the chocolate and wine she can drink. Meanwhile, Amanda on the other side of the world uh, is waking up for the first time in like this nice big la mansion and like you know she's enjoying her tunes and the fact that the lampshades can open up automatically no shades just open automatically she could just lay in bed and
1: push a button and it opens the window shades
0: yeah when when what happens like every luxury yeah (laughs) yeah every luxury but then what happens the thing that always happens anytime that you're happy and nobody knows an ex and ex can sense it, and he, comes, <laughs> and he calls her. He calls her to say, you. oh, hey, yeah, I I'm need you. I'm having trouble I, with my book. I need you. And she's like, well, I'm on vacation. He's like, you took a vacation? You never take vacation. Just immediately, just crestfallen mm-hmm. after that. Uh, so <laughs> then, you know, when she finally does wake up, uh, she gets a visitor, and it's Jack Black. Um, and Jack is apparently a, a friend or a partner with uh, Amanda's ex, who is also a film film composer, um, music composer. And he needed to drop by to pick up a laptop that he left there because, again, she threw him out in his underwear and didn't let him <laughs> back into right. the house. Um, so, you know, like any reasonable person, she said... I understand. That's fine. However, I don't know you. Oh, I'm, I'm not just going to let you in the house. Out, right? <laughs> <laughs> so let me check with her assistant and then I'll get back to you. And he, too, is very understanding and kind. Yes. And he's like, that makes perfect sense. I'm not going to be an asshole, which basically is a 180 change from the douchebag she was just on the phone with yes um and so you know she's kind of charmed they have a little slight meet cute in the fact that the santa anas blow some crap into her eye and he gets the little schmutz out of her eye and you know she's kind of charmed meanwhile he's there with his girlfriend um who but she doesn't play a bitch about it either. She just kind of saunters up and she's very sweet. And, you know, he introduces her and, you know, that's that. But, like, you know, it's a very nice, charming moment. And she's pleasantly surprised by a guy who isn't a total asshole. Mm-hmm. Who she's not, one who she's not related to anyway. Right. So, and so that's how those two meet. And meanwhile, Amanda, on the other back in her cottage, uh, is enjoying a night you know, dancing around the cottage to music and drinking her damn self when she hears somebody banging at the door. And she's a little freaked out, of course, because it's like midnight. Turns out it's uh iris's drunk brother on her doorstep <laughs> who just happens to be
1: jude law
0: <laughs> yes now I, one thing that kind of bugged me a lot of people say like you know of course jack black playing a love interest that's kind of weird which i will give you that but jude law for this role feels really weird to me i just i don't get the um, kind of hot without glasses where's glasses nerdy dad vibe Off of him that we're supposed to get that well. Like it feels like it's supposed to be like a Harrison Ford role, but he is not a Harrison Ford. Kind of like a Cary
1: Grant, right? Like back in the day. That's what he's playing against a little bit against type. But yeah, the glasses moment is kind of like, oh, hello.
0: (laughs) <laughs> yeah. Um so anyway so he comes in he's drunk and like you know he asks if he could stay and Amanda is kind of like i guess and you know they start talking and it kind of seems like, hey, maybe there's some chemistry here. And Amanda's like, well, fuck it.
1: I'm I, a foreign country. I don't know anybody here. Anybody? You look like Jude Law. So <laughs> oh, I'm thinking hey. maybe we should have sex.
0: <laughs> and, and he's like, is that okay. a trick question? <laughs> It's like you look like Cameron Diaz I love when okay. he's
1: standing there at one point and like he's standing by this lamp and he's like do you mind if I sit down I feel like I might bump into you like he's on a, a ship just listing from side to side because he's a little bit hammered he did play that scene very delightfully yes so yeah yes
0: he did um and they, they keep them together long enough to make it seems like they sober up to the exact same point right <laughs> Because remember, Amanda has been drinking herself. Yes. So they, it makes it makes it seem like they sober up to the same point where they're both equally as drunk as the other. So consent doesn't seem to be that much of an issue. Yes. Um and so of course he says, Of course, I'll do it. And you know, she gives like all this bullshit about like how Thanks. exes told her she's suck in bed and she doesn't want to, she like severely lowers his expectations and um what else did you she does
1: she doesn't think foreplay is important
0: yeah she literally yeah.
1: says that and I was like oh really mm. and
0: I was like <laughs> when I when she says I was like Nancy girl why are you lying yeah like come on
1: <laughs> no woman would say that
0: Oh. no <laughs> Everybody would say that but anyways so um so they have their night together uh and then we go back to iris who is enjoying her la la life driving around on the correct side of the road with and not no like a- problem like eating an apple at the same time like <laughs> hey now- this is bad. <laughs> like a psycho <laughs> i can handle this i got yeah. it and she sees a little guy who's uh, walk, walking with his uh, walker down the street. And she stops and says, oh my gosh, she must be lost. So this is the bit that I've rewatched a bunch of times. i like, I've tried to search all over the internet. When did she originally see Arthur?
1: So she saw him after Jack Black leaves. She's closing the um. gate and he's walking with his nurse. And the walker okay. or like in front of the sidewalk I don't know how okay. she would know where he lived that part is a little like yeah I think I do know where you live well how, how, you've been here for five minutes how do you know where this guy like he walked in front of the house not not you didn't follow him to his house I don't know yeah. so yeah
0: okay all right, I'm gonna have to rewatch that because I ke- I, I've I like kept looking and I couldn't find it. But okay, so she finds Arthur and she gives him a ride home. And, you know, just like being super kind and caring to the old guy. And as they're walking, as she walking him into the house, she he describes it as a meat cute. And it comes to find out that Arthur was like a very successful Hollywood writer. Like he's written like all kinds of movies and he's been in the business since forever. And one of the interesting things about this is the guy who plays him, his name is Eli Wallach. He actually had been in the business forever. And they said that, you know, anytime that he was doing a scene, they would just sit there and he would like tell stories forever. And they'd like learn all kinds of stuff. But anyway, so she and Eli... I seem to get on like gangbusters and she sees that, you know, he's by himself and he has kind of like sort of a sad sack dinner ahead of him. So she invites him out for dinner and they just like they go out and they have like a nice night and she makes a friend and he's all kind and he like he like he sees that she's like a nice girl and he like tries to give her he wants her to have the gumption, Um, you know, basically saying, she acts like she's the best friend character when she's really the leading lady we should all go with that kind of vibe in our life not just you know think you're the best friend you everybody is the main character in their own story and you should live that way and his Um, house
1: in the movie that she takes him to was actually phyllis Diller's house
0: really yes i didn't know that that's cool that's super cool um I mean i like that house he says like you know oh they're tearing down all these houses and building new ones which is good because the houses around here are crap but like the house that he has is really cute i liked it mm-hmm. um maybe you could lose like a little updating in the kitchen area but other than that i liked it right uh so so amanda's made a friend <laughs> yes. um yes sorry iris has made a friend Amanda, on the other hand, has just had a one-night stand with Iris's brother. Uh, And he, uh, we, so we have the morning after where they're both being super weird about things. And he's like, oh, somehow I lost my contacts. Like, how do you lose your contacts? Did he take them out? Did he lose them in his eyes? He had to have taken them
1: out at some point, probably.
0: I hope that's what happened and not, you know, they're in his eyeball somewhere because that would be icky. Yeah. Yes. Very. Um <laughs> so they so he like, you know, they're both like, oh, this is weird. One night stand, our lives are complicated, this can't happen again kind of situation. And then he gets a phone call from a random girl that says, I think it was Sophie the first time. I think so. And she like kind of freaks out and she's like, "Um, somebody called you here, take this. And I'm out looking at your phone and, you know, he's out in the backyard talking on the phone, ha ha ha, looking happy. And then he comes back in and it's like, we shouldn't do this, but we kind of like each other. And I don't know, is that what is, did they, did he say that he's going to be at the pub that night? Or? Yes. Cause
1: she was like, well, I'm le. I'm going back. Cause this was a really bad idea. Like what? I don't know what I was thinking. I don't know anybody here. I've never felt so alone in my life. I was thinking it would be an escape and it really isn't working out that way. So she has all the money in the world. So she's just going to drop everything and jump <laughs> right back on the plane and fly back home. <laughs> and he's like, Okay. So he's like, you know, well, that's, that's fine, whatever. And, you know, cause I, I probably won't call you back or, but if I did want to, or you did want to hang out, I I'll be at the pub tonight with some friends having dinner. And she's like, uh, yeah, that's not going to happen and goes to the airport <laughs> and you think, okay, well, that's, that was a quick.
0: <clears throat> yeah. Here's the thing though. Like she just decides to pick up and go, but like, she never calls Iris to say, I'm coming Right? I'm like,
1: surprised. I'm just going to come back and stay at my house with you.
0: Yeah, it didn't really... She didn't really think that out. So yeah, so she says, I'm not going to go. But then next time we see her, she's sitting in the pub when he walks in and it looks like they're going to have an evening together. Um, so, the, <laughs> but it ends up not being an evening that they have together. It's more like she gets drunk <laughs> this like time. wasted. Yeah. And he takes care of her. Yes. Which, you know, we like a guy who respects consent of yes. a drunk um so he takes care of her and you know they have an awkward morning after and he's like let's go have lunch and get to know each other really as two sober people right
1: (laughs) who now slept together and had sex once Yes,
0: (laughs) Yes, <laughs> slept together twice
1: uh, and had sex once. Yes,
0: <laughs> and they have like this, like really nice kind of idyllic afternoon out together, and they're running around and just enjoying the sights of Surrey. Yes, and of course he gets a phone call from Olivia this time, uh, and you know, but you know what? She's like, I don't care. I don't want to know. It's not my business. If he's going to tell me, he's going to tell me. Whatever. Um, and he's driving her back to her to the house and he's she's like you can't come in <laughs> she's like he's, i'm just gonna take a nap <laughs> and he's like i like number one he didn't even allude to coming in but like she shut it down quick yeah um and he's like okay this is weird whatever okay and she's like yeah no we really shouldn't do anything and i'm just gonna go in um and she's kind of freaky weird about it but we don't think anything about it too much then we go cut back over to iris who is living her best la life with arthur and crew having hanukkah dinner (laughs) uh, having like having a hanukkah celebration and um when jack black shows up and he's like i didn't did you join a temple (laughs) (laughs) since i saw you last (laughs) <laughs> and meanwhile she's like been there like two days like when did this all happen she's like no I just met a neighbor and he thought you know I didn't know anybody so he brought some friends over and it's like just like all these old Hollywood, Hollywood old big guys kids. yeah and like they're just talking trash and talking about all these old stories and Jack Black is just getting his character is getting like such a kick out of it right and you know they're just having fun and you know, Arthur is kind of looking at her, like the way she like looks at Jack, like all nice and sweet. And he's getting, he's getting, he's getting little wheels are
1: turning in Arthur's head. They're like,
0: Hey, I could hook these two up. Yeah. His, his girlfriend's out of town. (laughs) mm -hmm, Just turning, just wheels are turning in his head and, you know, you know, he's like, well, these old guys, we should get going and leave these young people to hang out together without us around. Um, Uh And, you know, they have like, kind of like a nice, quiet night together. And like, they just enjoy talking to each other. I think they they watch a movie too don't they not that night he leaves
1: leaves pretty quickly but he he leans in and gives her a kiss on the cheek and then he leans in and gives her the second kiss he's like sorry about the second kiss he's a little tipsy again getting in the car to go home but okay (laughs) (laughs) but yes he leans and gives her a kiss and then he says kisses her again all right sorry about the second kiss
0: And he, like, he realizes he's being kind of weird, yeah. but, like, you know, she's, like, she's delighted by him, and, like, the fact that he's a nice guy, he's a genuinely nice guy yes. to her, um, and considering her ex, she needs a little bit more nice guy in her yes. life, and so after that, we go back to Amanda, who's decided that she is going to take a chance on Jude Law, because, gosh darn it, she never really takes a chance, and it's once in a lifetime kind of deal right so she gets her all of her goodies that she bought in the The store store. together puts on like a very formal outfit even for seduction she was
1: going on vacation to like a place where she was gonna hole up with no one but yet she brought three beautiful coats three or four (laughs) and like Four beautiful dresses. So yeah, she like puts on this like beautiful Christmassy dress. Yeah,
0: it's, but like, it's like, it's not even just that, like it's Christmassy. It's like, it's formal. Like I would expect somebody to wear that to like a very nice business dinner. It's not super to, like, cocktail
1: it's- dress. Yes. Like that was a dress you were going to wear to go out somewhere to be seen in it
0: not not to kind of seduce the guy right yeah because that's essentially what she's trying to do but it, it to her to her benefit though that outfit works out because she goes over to his house and he's not alone he's there with his two pint-sized children <laughs> are named Olivia and Sophie <laughs> and like neither one are like over like eight they're tiny people teeny. these are like teeny, teeny girls two, two, yes so tiny <laughs> Um, which I want to know. It's 2006. Why does he have individual contacts in his phone? Who are they? Like- Who do these the two girls time. have
1: cell phones buried in their back pocket? Like, I, <laughs>
0: I, yeah. Back then, do they had like tiny little Nokia's. Like, like
1: <laughs> no one had, <laughs> like they had their own Blackberries. They were going places. They were doing things. That is one like, part it- of the movie that drives me insane every time. It's like, okay, so Olivia would have had to call you from her phone phone in order for her name to show up on your phone like
0: like it really would have just
1: been grandma and grandpa calling like
0: hey it's Olivia yeah like even those little jitterbug phones like those weren't even really into prevalence until like 2010 yeah so it was
1: way too early for that is what (laughs) a huge flaw that every time I'm like oh That's such a, I I get why they wanted to kind of work it in that way, but (laughs) you just don't think about that too hard and you're like, Oh, all right. Mm
0: And like maybe I might believe like I think Sophie is the older one. But yeah, I believe she might have a cell phone because she looks like a little housewife in her yeah <laughs> in her <laughs> her little <house>. cardigan thing <laughs> her and her color shirt. <laughs> and she looks like she manages the house, <laughs> um, but not Olivia. Yeah. Um. So yeah. So we go in and the kids are just like two very adorable like extra extra English children um like just inviting her in do you like hot chocolate are those for us dad take
1: her coat so she has (laughs) to unbutton the coat with 9,000 motherfucking buttons on it (laughs) and then like whips it off and and the one girl's like wow you look like my
0: Bobby (laughs) and they have like just like this little nice little quaint English cottage night where they drink hot chocolate and he gets to play Mr. Napkin Head. Napkin Head, which is just literally him putting a napkin on his head with his glasses. <laughs>
1: like, it's adorable. Okay.
0: Oh, of, because of kids, of course, kids would find that cute. Yes. Um, and so we go from there to they go see her tent the tent in the bedroom and they have they must lie down lie down down, lie down and everybody lies down in the tent with the cutout stars but the nice part about this little scene is we get them like you know they're laying side by side and their hands are next to each other and his pinky is kind of rubbing up against her hand and she's kind of rubbing up against his and it's so it's, it's so cute, cute. It's, it's just like, cute. like that's the shit that gives you the feels yes nancy knows what she's doing she knows how to turn that screw oh i get that oh i love that so much um but anyway, so they just have like this really weird very very family centric moment and he and his girls are call themselves the three musketeers where she
1: and her mom and dad at the lunch she talked about that where it was really hard when her parents this is why she doesn't cry is because her when her dad left that, like she cried nonstop, and that was she was like that's it i'm never I'm not doing this again, like I can't handle yeah. the emotions of that, but she and her mom and dad, when they were just the three of them, they were three also them, known as the three Musketeers three
0: musketeers and so <clears> she <throat> she feels some kinship to him yes in that moment, and it's just oh gosh just you, you melt yes you melt every time you see that scene and it's really nice because you get this kind of weird backward slash forward progression with them like they have sex first right and then, then the intimacy comes in later yeah um but they still haven't had sex yet um and you get this conversation that they have after the girls are to bed where it's just like you know We are kind of really into each other. We really like each other, but there's no way this could work. I mean, you live in LA in a glamorous lifestyle and I have a cow and I'm I'm a book editor. (laughs) I'm learning to sew. (laughs) Our lives don't Don't mesh. mesh. Yeah um so you know that's where that's where we are with them so then we go back to iris iris who is still like you know enjoying her time with arthur who apparently is um going to be receiving an award from the writers guild and a lifetime achievement award and he doesn't want to go but iris is like you have to go you earn this like come like- on And he's like awkward about it because, you know, he's worried about his walking and she's like, I'll work with you. So we get this lovely montage of Arthur and Iris, like working in the pool to like get him working, walking better.
1: (laughs) And he like almost sinks to the bottom at that one point. (laughs) And then he's like getting up to get a glass of juice and she just keeps pushing his walker farther and farther away so that he has to walk a little bit farther. Yeah. That's so cute. And they, they go and they pick out a suit for him and mm-hmm. yeah.
0: And you know, she's, she's getting this like very fulfilling experience and very touching knowing she's needed and liked for who she is rather than just used and abused. Uh, and so then we get to see her um And Arthur's also encouraging her to like check out all these movies, yes, uh, all these old, old classic movies with all these women who have gumption. Yes. Uh, (laughs) And one night when she's getting ready to go out, uh, she runs into Jack Black and she's like, you know, do you want to have a movie night with me? And he's like, "Yes, yeah, sure. So they go to the video store and they have this like really sweet moment where Jack is going through talking about all the film scores of all these different movies. And then, you know, we get to The Graduate and he's like making jokes about it. And it flashes over to Dustin Hoffman, who, who actually just happened to be in the area. when but they were filming, filming and he <laughs> was
1: like, hey, I'll come in and make a cameo. And they were like, so wait, come on in. Uh, yeah i remember that part i remember reading about that too thinking that's cool
0: yeah and uh so jack black is like he's actually he actually improvised basically this he's very scene.
1: jack black in that scene is, like you can yes, like this is this is more this is, hit like his actual person yeah
0: like he's 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 extremely jack black which Clearly, it's come through because he's improvising like yes. all of this stuff like he and Nancy just kind of talked about how it should go but otherwise he just he went he went full Jack Black yes. um toned down Jack Black but still still yes Baby yeah not School of Rock Jack Black but but yes yeah and so as they're talking about like the last movie he looks up and he sees his girlfriend walking down arm in arm looking all cozy meanwhile she's supposed to be in Arizona filming a movie in New Mexico filming a movie yeah I I sent
1: her Christmas present I stood in line at FedEx to mail her Christmas present and made sure they got there on time yeah
0: and so he marches out to like have it out with her in the street and next scene we see him and Iris uh like you know she's trying to she's trying to offering him a glass of Teeth? and she's like I don't want that and so but she have anything up a, a
1: little stronger
0: <laughs> follows it up with like a full glass of gin um, and she's like yeah that's more like it and you know having and they're just like having this full-on heart-to-heart where they've they're they both clearly been those people in relationships where it's um you know they've they've given a lot more than the other person and they've both been sort of used and they, I, I love the bit where she's talking about because she's like, she's, she's finally met somebody who knows exactly where she's coming from. And she's explaining about how you set the bar super low so that like when they meet it, it's like, you've been proven wrong. Um, but any other time that they don't, it's like, you've been proven right. And you understand, like, it, it's just so touching and you, everybody's been there. Her so many speech times.
1: was really good. And like, she's, cause she's like, I literally know how you feel. Like you think this, and you think this about yourself and, and about your relationship. And then when she gets all done with it, he's like, well, fuck, <laughs> <laughs> you need this more than I do (laughs) like that's what you're doing here yeah because he didn't really know what she was doing there either like why are you even here in California oh that's why you're here because you're getting over someone
0: or somebody yeah and it's
1: Christmas Eve when all of this happens
0: And so they have Christmas Eve fettuccine. Like, (laughs) Like, I was unaware that this was a dish that people apparently, because then they split to Cameron
1: Diaz, who who is also also having having fettuccine. It's like, oh, that's okay. I guess that's the Christmas (laughs) Eve dinner.
0: I've scoured the internet and I cannot find out that, find anywhere that that's a thing, but it seems to be a thing that has now become a thing because of this movie.
1: which I would believe, right? Yes.
0: <laughs> um, so yeah, you guys, uh, Christmas Eve, have some fettuccine. That's apparently a thing now. Um, you know, not a Christmas goose, no, fettuccine. Um, so <laughs> so everybody's having their respective Christmas Eves. And uh, Iris calls the next day Christmas morning to like you know check in on her brother
1: well this was actually before they went to the blockbuster where she's on the phone That was
0: before. oh that's right that's right (laughs) because then when
1: she answers the phone the when Jack Black
0: calls she's like hello and he's like hey it's just me but yeah that's right so she she calls on Christmas Eve to check on her brother and he's like oh have you spoken to your lodger Amanda and he she's like no but he looks at her she gets a other call it's from amanda and amanda's like oh my brother was just asking about you and she's, she's like, like oh he was what oh, did he, he want to know how is he how is he doing and she's like oh hold huh? on a second and she clicks back over to yell at her brother you slept with my lodger <laughs> and she didn't click over she's still on the phone with amanda and amanda's freaked out she's me. Freaked out. <laughs> <laughs> it she like does it like twice. Lines. Still, me.
1: <laughs> yeah, I can't <laughs> believe that you have had sex with a woman <laughs> in the my house. She asked if there were any men,
0: and I specifically told her there were none. And you immediately get it to her knickers. <laughs> she is mortified. Everybody in this scenario is mortified, except for Jude Law, who doesn't know that it's happened. Um, and then, so then, yeah, that's when Jack Black calls. Yeah. So anyway, yeah, anyway but yes. <laughs> Cameron is mortified to death, and, you know, she ends up calling, uh, They she ends up actually calling Jude Law, and it's, okay, let's give this another run. Maybe it was just a fluke that first time we had sex, (laughs) and so let's give it another go, and of course, it wasn't. Of course, they have amazing amazing chemistry. It's like, you know, we actually really do like each other. The sex is great. Oh, this is really <laughs> This is a <laughs> It's like, what the fuck are we gonna do? There's no way this could. Work. Surely you must come to London for your
1: job. And she's like, uh, no, baby, never New York, never. It's like, he's like,
0: like, how often do you get to New York? Like, really? Never. Like, <laughs> I'm in Hollywood.
1: <laughs> like, my whole job's in Hollywood.
0: And, like, he never gets to New York. And it's like, what the fuck do we do with all of this? And so, you know, we have like this really kind of like sad scene.
1: And then he declares that he's in love with her. He spills yes. his whole guts. Like, he just cuts himself wide open and just spills it all out. And guys, then, she. Like a week. <laughs> He's like, I don't really know how to answer that. And he's like, well, if the, if the normal response isn't there. And it's like, well, yeah, of course it's not there. She's known you for six days. You're a little complicated. And she's like, let me, let's, let's map out why this is a problem. So you have, your kids are gonna, like, this is, so this is how yeah. it's going to go. We decide we're going to do it. We're going to commit mm-hmm. to each other, see each other as much as we possibly can. But yeah, it's like. Yes,
0: this is the it's a long distance relationship. It's ridiculous. It's barely been a week. They've barely known each other. Which is you legitimately
1: know. not even solved by the end of the movie, like at all. No, so no.
0: It's still a no, problem
1: maybe, at the nothing. end, but yeah, your girls are gonna get yeah. pissed that you're always gone. And uh, yeah, I'm never gonna- I'm
0: gonna get pissed that I'll never see you. And you know, I can't uproot my whole entire life. I can't
1: like... even maintain a relationship with the person who's living in my own house with me. Like, let yeah. alone someone who's five thousand miles away. Yeah,
0: exactly. So it's it's just super awkward, and you know she's making all the nice, reasonable some reasonable arguments. He wants to just err on the side of love and passion and commitment after six days, widower that he is. Yes. Um, <laughs> so it's it's super. It's it's. So they have this like really kind of like sad goodbye scene the next morning because she's it's time for her to like head on home. And he's like, you know, kind of sad and mopey, standing in his sister's house, and they hug and they say could say their goodbyes, and she gets in the car. And as the car is driving down the lane, she starts to cry. She
1: finally cries.
0: <laughs> Tears are she's coming. And she tells the car, you know, from the driver who won't drive up to that the house. same motherfucker who like, won't turn the car around. Turn, to the, turn car the car around. around. And what does he do? Turns he the fucking turns the car around. <laughs> <laughs> but it's not, it's not, it's not fast enough for her because, you know, he's driving like a reasonable person on a snowy lane instead of like a maniac. Like her, so she yeah. tells him, <laughs> so she tells him to stop. I'll just walk back. i'll just walk back again not wearing reasonable shoes she starts tearing down this lane stops starts tearing down the lane again like there is no way that she has run faster than that car she once
1: joked too that this was like the most physically demanding (laughs) role she ever had because she had to do so much fucking running down that lane (laughs) (laughs)
0: in her high high heels heels (laughs) and like fabulous coats it's just running um and so she runs across the field she runs like where'd that field come from I thought you were just on the lane for me though it's like she runs across the field she finally gets to the gate and then she stops again like bitch you were there why are we stopping again start heavy breathing at the door and like she gets to the door and he opens it and he's there and it's like I've been thinking I shouldn't leave before New Year's Eve, New Year's day. Right. And he's like, yeah, yeah. You got to stay for New Year's day. And they hug and they kiss and it's all romantic and lovey dovey. Although she never <laughs> says she loves him. No,
1: <laughs> just that no, it's, it's silly for her to go home before New Year's. Yes.
0: Mm-hmm. So then we go back to Iris, Iris, who is back with her back in LA. She's had this like really cathartic moment um with jack black and they've just decided they started like being more friendly and hanging out together a little bit more and they go out to lunch and they're having sushi and they're being silly together and just enjoying themselves grace accidental boob grace accidental boob grace, <laughs> accidental boob grace. He graces are like he, they're all <laughs> having
1: sushi and he's reaching for something and he like rubs up against her boob and she's like Whoa.
0: and he, and he yep. acknowledges it <laughs> he's and like oh like, boob grace sorry accidental i, boob I boob did grace. that yeah, yeah, he acknowledges it and says he's sorry, which is something very nice and charming to do. Yes. Again, he's a nice guy. He is a nice guy, and this is what Iris deserves. But he gets a phone call, and who does it so happen to be? But his, his ex girlfriend, who's like, we, I just want to talk to you. Meanwhile, you know, he, in the previous last conversation they've had he she's like told him like all kinds of bullshit about like how why she's run off with this other guy and she's been with him since yada yada time and you know he's like well I guess we can talk after this I'm busy at least for another half an hour and you know our poor Iris is like feeling downtrodden because it's just like wow he's just He's, he's definitely going to run back off to her. But There's she no understands
1: way. why. Like, she still yeah. gets it. Like, she just sits there and she's like, yep, I've been no, there. She, she,
0: I've- she understands why, but it's also, she doesn't value herself either to value the connection that sh- the two of them have, like, started to build. Like, you know, right. she thinks that, that him and his connection with his ex is going to be a lot stronger than any of the niceness that they have, right. too. So that, that's that piece there. It's a little bit of her undervaluing herself which comes into play a scene or two later when who but so surely shows up on her fucking doorstep because you know what? Surprise. She's really happy right now. Right? She's really happy and she's decided to move on with her life who shows up but her ex, that motherfucker fucker. He has flown across an ocean in a country to just fuck with her. Like hell oh. those like ah how do you do that and rufus sewell with his little smarmy face just want to punch it oh my god he's and like, he's, oh, same and
1: he's, he's like, always like the bad guy fucker god
0: for for somebody who can be like ridiculously hot when he wants yes to be, um <laughs> very
1: conflicting I- that he plays an asshole perfectly oh
0: which is why you have to watch dangerous beauty because it just like kind of resets you. Okay, you, see like a, you, ha- you see him be like a, you have, you see him be like a half decent human being. Um, and so it just, it helps. But for the most part, he's an asshole. Um, he shows up and he's like, I realize how much I missed you in my life and I loved you and how, I, how we need to be together. And let's just go off together on vacation. To to Hush Siri. <laughs> <laughs> And then <laughs> Iris
1: is like so you're free to do that like you're talking about going to Venice you're, you're but, but,
0: free wait, to not 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 right at first, right at first, she like sort of falls into like the trap of it and the lure of it. And she's laying with him on the couch Uh and he's talking about all this stuff. And then she like, something clicks. She's like, you're free to do all this stuff, right? You haven't mentioned anything about, you know, the fiance. Right, like you're not still with
1: Sarah, right? And he's like, like, why do you have to complicate things?
0: Complicate things. Like, are you kidding? Are you me, it's not complicating. No, you're complicating things by like trying to run off with me to Italy just so I'll fucking edit, edit your book. Your book. Like, yes, uh, so so she finally like gets it within her to just let him have it, throws him out on his ass, and she's like, I have some place better to be, more important to be right now. And she puts on her best duds and does her hair and she goes collects arthur, arthur. and so she can take him to and he gives his... her the wrist corsage
1: there's so, he's so i love arthur and iris together <laughs> so
0: i'm like oh probably
1: that wasn't a bit that could have been a good love story if
0: he wasn't it 900
1: have
0: been a... years old <laughs> he's a Ew. little he's old he's but... a little one foot in the grave <laughs> <Yeah>. um but <laughs> so they get together um and she takes him to his event and they get there just as the doors open for him and she walks with him down the aisle as everybody's applauding him
1: because he's all worried that no one's gonna be there and they open the doors and it's like
0: a full and of, the Rita, full is people, full of like, people who standing want to hear him and clapping talk. and yeah kidding me writers love hearing other writers talk about crap yep. <laughs> um, so, like, so and so he gets down to the end of the aisle and somebody's gonna escort him up the stairs but he goes i got this and he trudges up the stairs all on his own because his it's like, music oh! starts
1: playing that jack black had composed for him jack black like composed there was a whole scene where jack black makes music or for arthur like to motivate yeah, him his to go walk.
0: Up. Yes, his walk music. He had at one yeah. point wanted lyrics, but we went for just purely instrumental.
1: Yeah.
0: So, so he plays the music and he walks up the stairs. And one thing that we did miss is that we see the scene where Jack Black is basically being like talked to by his ex. Yes, and he look, he looks really conflicted. Um, but just as Arthur is getting onto stage, here comes Jack Black running down the aisle to get to next to iris and he's like i'm sorry i'm late it took me a while to settle things but things are over yes it's like oh things are over okay (laughs) Uh all right and and as and as jack is as uh, arthur is talking he's like you know i've never been to england He's like, "What, well, yeah. Iris,
1: what are you doing on New Year's? And she's like, well, I'll be back in England then. And he's like, oh, I've never been to England. If I come yeah. to England, will you go out with me? And she's like, yes, I yes, will.
0: Of course I will. The reasonable <laughs> Yes. Not, not how are we going to uproot two children in our entire lives so that we can be together. No, yes. just I will go out on a date with you. I will come there. Yes. Yeah, and we will see how things are. Um, So yeah, and so then it ends with a nice little New Year's Eve celebration with the kids and Amanda and Iris. And yes, Amanda's playing hostess at her brother's house. (laughs) Everybody's there together being happily ever after. Again, and and they're like
1: dressed to the night. Like you're at home. (laughs) 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 Why are you wearing a cocktail?
0: (laughs) I mean, I get- that one I respect. It's New Year's Eve. we want to get all, fancy for the
1: kids. yes,
0: yes. <laughs> so that is the holiday. Um, so let's talk about, uh, so I think we've talked a little bit about what we like, but let's like really dig into like, what are your favorite parts of this movie?
1: I mean, uh, to, <clears throat> really it's Iris and Arthur, like is my favorite, favorite part of this whole movie. And the fact that When you were talking to me about, like, let's think about tropes and what tropes these are. It's really like Iris and Arthur would have worked really well as a couple. But Iris and and Miles the friends to lovers because they just become friends Mm -hmm. over the course of the movie before they move to the next stage. So
0: and then for for them it's like more of like the promise of the romance like not the actual romance yes
1: right and it's really more about iris finding herself Mm -hmm. more than the romance for her
0: yeah yeah iris iris getting that gumption that she gets from instilling not only from Arthur helping Arthur out and Arthur trying to instill that it with her with his (laughs) ultimate film bro (laughs) uh, (laughs) catalog of movies for her to watch but like also from helping uh, Miles see like the errors in his relationship too I think like seeing it on another person also helps to help her put it in perspective for herself
1: right right yeah
0: yeah Uh, I, I do enjoy that um what parts of it do you think, like, would, would would work well in a book and, like, wouldn't work in a book?
1: I mean, it really is two different books, right? I mean, you're really yeah. talking about two different books. Because uh, Amanda and Grant's story works well that's as like, a romance novel. Like, that's typical mm-hmm. romance fodder, right? You meet this total stranger, and you think, well, just gonna get this out of our system this one night. I've been told I'm really bad at this. Here's my opportunity <laughs> to, like, maybe prove that i'm not this bad at this
0: yeah
1: <clears throat> and they have the miss the big misunderstanding and mm-hmm. or she didn't know he was a widower with kids and you're the one who wanted to get a- to know each other out at lunch and then all the fun and surprise you have these two
0: girls like what's yeah with that i think and i think like i and i think they each of these stories have what the other is lacking like Amanda and Grant—they have like that high heat, kind of like passion-filled, world-one thing going on. But Miles and Iris have like the more of like kind of the heart yes. of it, which I think is lacking in ways from Amanda uh, from Amanda's storyline because like they try to get to that with uh, when we see the home life with the little girls and Mister Napkinhead. Um, they they try to give some of that there but like I don't know it's still so lacking because we only get like I mean we do get two scenes where we see them talking I guess when they go to lunch and you know she kind of
1: spills her guts about her family and all of that and then they 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 still kind of talk about their problem like even when she's like why didn't you tell me about them and he's like look like because again, you don't live here. So, and she's like, yeah, I guess that's true. It's like, well, they kind of,
0: I feel like though, they kind of montage through them actually like getting to know each other too. Like, even though we see it happen, we don't actually get to like feel it happen. Like Mm -hmm. see that understanding. Like, I feel like the understanding happens after the other processes, what the others been told or they see or experience from them. Like I wanna see that night where Cameron got really wasted and he took care of him. Ha- yes. Her. Like that that I think that puzzle piece for me is missing. Yes. And that would make it a fully fleshed out story. Um, especially if it were to be in a book. Um yes. for for Amanda Miles, I mean that's just that's a full ass story right there, right there, uh, yeah. Miles, like that, it's women's fiction, not romance, but exactly, like, it's, yep. It's a full, it's a full ass story, and I think it's delightful. I probably would have put in at least one scenario, a little bit more kissing with uh, Miles and Iris. It's A little <laughs> too
1: slow burning for me, right? Yeah,
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like I, I, I would need like maybe to see that date in London afterward I don't know yeah, something no. a little bit more but I think those are the two things that that those two things that are mostly missing for me
1: um and literally just the end the, the end is just literally like okay you're all happy and you're dancing <laughs> on the house but none of the problems of you four people being together has been solved none of the problems of the four of them being together has been solved at all like
0: yeah i know i complete yeah that, that the ending is such a cop-out it is, it such, is a, it's just it like
1: we're just frolicking around dancing at this house and it's like okay that's all good but that's not a happily ever after like as a romance reader this is the most problematic part because it's just a happily for now it's not a ever yeah, after that that problem is like that's a big fucking elephant in the room that you're gonna yeah. overcome like you literally talked about it in bed after you had sex with your bra on <laughs> I, didn't didn't I didn't get to see jude i didn't get to see it jude lost butt. i didn't yeah i mean they didn't have time to get fully naked yes i know like that, <laughs> i mean okay. this is this is my complaint about all rom-coms right like at least they had sex they
0: did have they sex had, yes nothing, nothing since like 2006 do people seem to have sex anymore nice. like what the fuck why don't people fucking rom-coms anymore um all <laughs> i want grade. is
1: i want romantic movies to be romantic which includes sex sorry like that's <laughs> or, a big part you know, of it
0: in the books or, that i read so yeah i like more making out heavy petting something, something so <laughs> yeah but literally no
1: problems were solved at the end of it so it's like no it's still- and i think I love the movie, but it's still, at the end, it's always like,
0: okay. Fuck. And I think considering their lives, that's what makes it less a happy, even a happy for now. Like, it's, we're happy in this instance. Like, this mm, Literal moment. It's not, <laughs> yeah, we're, we're happy until New Year's Day, and then what? Like, She's still what gonna fuck? have to go home to her big-ass fucking California house and be like, peace out, mofo. I don't know what you yeah. want me to
1: do. Like,
0: and it's if she moves to London then what with her life like that's two people out of a job right <laughs> even if she like picks up her practice and moves to London, that's two people out of a job one of them who looks pregnant so yes like, yes that's, that's a really expected mother out of job thanks you just
1: <laughs> fell in love and put me out of a job that's
0: great yeah. That's awesome for everybody. Um, so, well, that's, I mean, it's still a very sweet movie that we all enjoy. Yes. It's just, it's, it's got holes. Yes. <laughs> it has holes, but that's okay. Um, but anyways, Linda, what do you have going on lately? Because I see you're doing something with Wicked Wallflowers, right? I am
1: doing something with Wicked Wallflowers. So I'm doing a live with Linda segment every week um, in the Group. We have a Facebook group called, and it's the Coven. That's we. That's what we call ourselves, um, because we were the Wicked Wallflowers group. But that's literally the name of the podcast. So it was just getting kind of confusing with Facebook and anything. But it's a great group of people, and um, I, you know, we just in this craziness of <laughs> being stuck in our homes, um, it, it's just kind of a nice way to get to know the fellow listeners of the podcast and other you know romance readers so it's like a quick Facebook live thing that I'm doing once a week the first one was a total failure because for some reason when I looked at my thing on my phone because I don't think you can do Facebook live on your computer where you invite somebody else in you have to do it on Mm -hmm. your phone Mm. so but it just showed the bottom half of my face (laughs) (laughs) winning whoop But, um, and then I'm still the secretary of Romance Landia. So I'm keeping everybody's virtual events on the calendar as much as people tell me about them. And I go and find them as much as possible it's,
0: you know, it's almost impossible to get all of them, but I'm trying my best. Yeah, there's always so much happening. Mm -hmm. Um, So if they have events, where can they send them to you? I have a pinned tweet
1: on my Twitter, the Linda show at the Linda show that they can go (laughs) and it has uh, a form on there that they can fill out or they can just DM me. That's fine. And let me know and I can put it on there. So I've been trying to, you know, actively search out stuff especially on instagram there's a lot of instagram live stuff that are going on right now Mm -hmm. andy christopher is doing a great one called drunk romance history which is pretty fun so (laughs) but yeah
0: awesome all right well linda thank you so much for having on today (laughs) i will see you on the interwebs otherwise except for that fucking meme
1: (laughs) Are you there, baby? Are you? What was it? <laughs> Do you like that, baby girl? <laughs> Are you lost, baby
0: girl? Ah, <laughs> uh, uh, yeah. That's no a fucking GIF. Yeah, it's. I, I'm not lying. It's literally saved the <laughs> worst nightmare on my computer. <laughs> Hope you enjoyed the episode. Be sure to leave a review on the Apple Podcast Store. Also, if you'd like to follow the podcast on Twitter and Instagram, you can find it under Rom Ever After on both platforms. And if you wish to just follow me for other randomness, you can catch me at Allie is Writing on both platforms as well. Until next week.